Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. You're listening to BGN Radio. Why would you listen to any other Eagles <laughs> podcast with John Stolness and Brandon Lee Galvin? Hello, Bleeding Green Nation, and welcome back to another edition of BGN Radio. This is episode number 60. I'm John Stolness from BleedingGreenNation.com. You can follow me on Twitter at John Stolness. we got a special episode of the podcast today. Brandon Lee Gowton, BLG, of course, is on vacation enjoying the dead period here during the Eagles season. Uh, but we have a special guest joining the podcast this week. So without any further ado, why don't we get you to that interview right now? And joining me is uh, Mike Garofolo, fantastic reporter for the NFL Network. If you listen to this podcast, you probably already follow Mike on Twitter. But if you don't, it's at Mike Garofolo. Mike, thanks so much for coming on BGN Radio, man. How you doing? You got it, John. Uh, a reunion of sorts for us. We go way back. Tell the folks. We do go way back. Mike and I were both <laughs> producers at WIP back in the late 90s, early 2000s. And I think you were you were one of the guys who always did like the on-site production. And I was uh, the guy stuck in the studio. <laughs> but, you know, I, were you stringing uh, for, the, for, like, for the AP at that time? Is that what you were doing also in addition no, to not, the radio stuff? Not yet. Didn't start that till about 2002. I did everything. I was doing Eagles. I was doing Phillies. I was yeah. doing uh, college uh, flyers, a little Sixers, a lot of Sixers, actually. So that was way back in the days of <laughs> God, Allen Iverson. Yeah, uh, yeah, the step over. McNab- yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was, and it was the early part of McNabb's career, which yep. was was always a great learning experience because I always saw how the rest of how he treated the rest of the media, mm. not the rest of the media. I mean, how, he came in, and you know, we all we all know how it started for him with the booze on draft day, and yep. I think that he kind of kept. And, and I, I all you know this different side of donovan and i thought you know that guy's you know got got a playful engaging side to him that he just never shows the media and sure enough years later we're working together at fox sports one uh when that network launched and uh you know got a chance to, to spend some time and have some fun with him and and get to know him well and see that there is that side of him so it's the, the trip through the media world is sometimes an interesting one yeah, sounds like it. You know, I know it's it, the perception of McNabb in Philadelphia is something very different. And that's a shame that it started off that way because I mean, it didn't have to. Uh, it just it's it's unfortunate. It just seemed to color his entire time in Philadelphia, and you know, fans still have a hard time with him. And uh, obviously, I, I you know I, I do respect Donovan in this is that he doesn't go out of his way to ingratiate himself with anybody. He tells you what he thinks, and if you don't like it, you know, he'll tell you he'll tell you it's how he thinks. And so I, I do respect that with him. Yeah. Let's talk some Eagles here in 2019 here, Mike. And uh, obviously we're feeling good about where the team is at uh, heading into training camp. Uh, looks like we've got a pretty talented team on our hands here. Uh, and a lot of people are, are wondering whether or not this team's more talented than the one that won the Super Bowl in 2017. Uh, before the season that year, Peterson said he thought it was more talented than the Green Bay team he was on that won it all. When you look at these two rosters, uh, do you think the 19 team is more talented than 2017? Oh, that's a tough call. Um, yeah, they more talented. I mean, there's just, geez. Uh, I, I think I think that they are from the because I think the quarterback's gonna be even better. I really do. And I know it's a high bar. I mean, mm-hmm. I, listen, I did radio a couple of weeks ago in Philly, and um, Anthony Gargano, another one of our former coworkers, and the question that they asked me was, you know, "What's the real Wentz? Is it the 2017 Wentz or the 2018 Wentz?" With the with the implication being that the 2018 Wentz 
uh, you know, took a step backward. But when you right. look at the numbers, they were good. right? For 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 a down year, <laughs> yeah. quote unquote, I've got the air quotes up. Yeah, um, pretty good for a down year, right? Uh, but listen, we know what it is. It's the it's the eye test, and mm-hmm. he was just he. Every time I talk to him about what was happening in 2017 and where he wants to get. He's talking about that that flow, that just the way it was flowing. It was just this natural. It wasn't overthinking things. It was just it was happening for him. Um, and, and I think that w- what I'm seeing in the spring is a little bit more of that now. So you think you think uh, with the added experience on on his part and maybe playing a little smarter. I mean that's going to be it. Yeah, going to be a huge part of it that that you can have him actually be elevated from where he was in 2017 because that's the other thing. The rest of the league since then offensively. I mean, since some of the numbers and the completion percentages that we're seeing in large part because of the rules and the emphasis that trying to help the, the offense and some of the schemes, it's like last year, yeah, those numbers were great, but everybody's numbers were great. And that's why we yeah. were sitting there saying, okay, he wasn't where he was, even if some of the numbers were better. So I just, I think you could see the best that you've ever seen from him better than 2017. And in the NFL, when it starts that way, uh, starts the quarterback position like that, that, that that's a better team. Well, I think that kind of answers one of the other questions I was going to ask you is about the extension. I mean, there's a lot of people who thought the Eagles should have waited, take a wait-and-see approach to see how he's going to play this year, whether he's going to get hurt. We we know he's he's missed the end of the last two seasons with injuries, and he's got the fifth-year rookie deal that they could have waited another year before doing a contract extension, but there are negatives to waiting as well. So when you look at the deal as it was as it's finished up, do you feel like one side made out better than the other? No, and I listen. I, I I like Joe Banner on Twitter. I like what he does. I'm not. I'm, I don't want to sit here and knock Joe or, or, or um, you know Andrew Brant, another guy that I respect. Joel mm-hmm. Corey. Joel Corey tends to, to have the more you know. Hey, I was in that world as an agent. I had to talk to the players uh, about the concerns on both sides, and he seems to have a little bit more of an understanding of sometimes you've got to do a deal. Whereas some some other guys will sit there and, and try and assess it in a vacuum and say, oh boy, how could how could Wentz and his people do this deal right, <laughs> right. now and take a number that's going to be well because of a number of reasons, not the least of which is that he ended his season injured the last two years, uh, and to get now a hundred million dollars plus guaranteed when you know what Carson Wentz wants to get out of life, not mm-hmm. just football, out of life, and the things that he would love to do with his money and for other people, uh, and 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 be more than just a football player. Okay, so now if I can tell that guy. We're going to guarantee you on top of what you've already made, which is already good money. Here's another hundred million dollars. that's going to be injury guaranteed because, you know, everybody says, oh, the injury guarantee isn't a real guarantee because right. it's not fully guaranteed. Yeah, it's not until it is until you're <laughs> Alex Smith yeah, and you right. need it, and all of a sudden you're getting what uh, you you hope you didn't get when you signed the contract, which is the protection against a, a devastating injury. So, you know, I understand these things, and I understand that the team is sitting there saying, look, we're going to make. Uh, a, a little bit of a uh, a play here, uh, a, a little bit of a gamble, mm-hmm. a little bit of a we're gonna we're gonna potentially be on the hook for a lot of money if something should happen to him physically. But if we're right, if we hit on this, boy, we're set up now because we got ahead of this one, which the Eagles since the days of Joe Banner have loved to do. See, that's what he's looking at. Yeah. He's looking yeah, yeah. at it, saying these guys are following in my philosophy, and I know I was smarter than everybody before everybody figured out what you need to do to manage the salary cap. So here's this team doing it now, following in the footsteps that 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 I had uh, when I was running the team. Uh, so I get where he's coming from, but I, I just did one side or the other make out. No, and I don't want to sit here in a couple of years 
if Carson Wentz is the MVP of the league and they win another Super Bowl and they're successful year in, year out, and say, boy, he made a mistake. No, he didn't, because he's going to get another bite at the apple, and he did what was right for him right now. Absolutely. I, I think that's exactly where a lot of us um, who we do the podcasting, you know, would, would come, down, mm-hmm. come down on it as well. But, you know, I guess this kind of also moves into the Dak Prescott conversation. And obviously, because it's the Cowboys, Eagles fans are looking at that situation really closely. And his agent wants to obviously get more than what Carson Wentz got. We're talking $33, $34 million, something like that, which sounds like an insane amount of money. But you also have to wonder, you know, if the Cowboys don't give Dak what he wants, what's the alternative? What do they do if they don't give Dak Prescott that money? Where is your reporting? What What are you hearing about where the Cowboys are with Dak Prescott and an extension with him? You know, they're in it. Listen, they, 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 they love Dak. They do. And I'm going to sit here and say, boy, well, he's not Jared Goff or Carson Wentz or, you know, one of these other guys who put it to you this way. When, when you when you play the Cowboys and, and you talk to defensive coaches, they want the game on Dak's shoulders. They, mm-hmm. they want to stop the running game and they want to make him throw from third and longs. Okay. So, uh, you know, if, if, if we're going to sit there from the outside and assess it and say, this guy isn't as good of a quarterback or the kind of quarterback that you want to pay the same amount of money as whoever, right? Pick yeah. a guy. The Cowboys are going to be in a different situation because they've got to back their guy and they've got to profess how confident they are. And they probably feel a little bit better about him than other people do looking from the outside because that's the way you, it, it tends to be in this league when you are starving for a quarterback like a lot of teams are and you get yourself one that while he may not fit the prototype – uh, he can get you in position to win some football games. So, so the alternative to that is to basically go down the road of we're eventually going to have another quarterback. I mean, there is it's just they're they're in a tough spot. They're going to pay him way more money than people think he's worth. Um, it's going to be the opposite from the Wentz deal. They're going to say, "Boy, look at Dak Prescott made out on the Dallas Cowboys." Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but it's it's just there's no. You can't put one toe in when it comes to the quarterback, and, yeah. and uh, especially if it's a guy who's a homegrown and he's coming up on the last year of his deal, and you're going to have to play the franchise tag game if you want to go that route, which you don't want to do. So yeah, I'm sure they'd like to pay him in the high 20s, but I also know who his agent is. It's Todd France, who represented Aaron Donald and a number of other guys who is not afraid to make himself uh, the bad guy uh, and to – uh, maximize his leverage as much as possible. So all this talk of like, oh, it was going to get down. I, I've been saying it was not going to get done in the spring. I think we're talking into training camp, if not closer to the start of the season. And look, the, the, the leverage that the Cowboys have is they could sit there and say, well, Dak, Dak doesn't want to play for $2 million or whatever the number is this year. He wants to play for – he wants to pick up $50 million, $60 million, wh- whatever the check is going to wind up being for this upcoming season. So at least they've got a little bit of leverage on the – uh, on their end, as they get closer to the start of the season, I think it gets done. I would, I would, I would think that both sides would be smart enough to realize it needs to get done. But it's a tough spot for Dallas, I think. Well, let's look at um, where the Eagles are in the NFC because uh, when we opened up this interview, we talked about whether or not this is a more talented team than 2017. But that doesn't really matter. What matters is where they are talent-wise compared to the rest of the team in their own co- teams in their own conference. And of course, you need some luck. You need a, a favorable schedule. There's lots that go into it, injuries and all that. But if you you're looking at the rosters right now, if you're looking at the teams and the talent assembled in the NFC, how many teams, which teams do you think are ahead of the Eagles, if any? 
Well, I think you're going to see a couple of teams come back a little bit this year. I mean, I'm I'm looking for the Rams to, to kind of come back a yes. little bit. The early situation and the yes. lack of depth, I think, in a lot of places that people aren't seeing right now. Yep. Uh, I could I could see the Rams coming back to earth a little bit. I could see the Chicago Bears mm-hmm. sliding back a little bit, and some people making Trubisky do some things and seeing what he is. Uh, I was talking to one of my colleagues out of our NFL Media Summit the last couple of days. I said, "Boy, you know, what, wouldn't it be interesting if 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 the uh, narrative a year from now is, can we believe that Mitch Trubisky is the guy?" Because <laughs> It's amazing how fast anymore, and maybe it's because of the rules and everybody's offense is good. It's amazing how fast we are to say, oh, that guy's here. He's arrived. He's their guy. They've got their quarterback. Sam Darnold. I mean, Sam Darnold showed you a little bit late last year. I can't believe the number of people are talking like, oh, he's arrived. (laughs) No, I got to see. I still have to see more there. I'm not saying he's not going to, but you got to give me more. And and once they surround him with talent, okay, let's see now because now – how much are you going to put on his shoulders? How much your defense is going to realize? So I, I think I think Trubisky could wind up being a guy that uh, that we have some questions about going forward. So, you know, I, I let, let's start with the division. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I could see Dallas settling back a little bit. I don't believe in what Washington is doing in large part because they may wind up starting Haskins and he is not ready uh, to play. So you've got Eagles, Giants at this point, and I don't believe in that team. So <laughs> I, I think you're – I think you're sitting. You're feeling really good about your chances of winning the NFC East again. Mm. Uh, so we'll start we'll like start that. There. Elsewhere, you've got the questions that I talked about. I, I, I don't know what you're going to wind up getting from the Green Bay Packers with Matt Lafleur as the new coach. Minnesota still got a ton of talent. You know they're going to compete. Uh, I, I think those guys could potentially finally capitalize on what we thought they were going to do in the last couple of years. Uh, and I'd watch out for Atlanta. Atlanta could come back and, 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 and give you a little bit out of the NFC South. And here's the team, okay? Yeah. Here's the team that I am sitting there and saying is going to come back this year and be in the mix, Carolina Panthers. That oh. is a team. Now, now, listen, I say that not knowing what the heck's going on with Cam Newton's shoulder, but you would think, you would think it's going to get good enough after the surgery and after the confidence that you're hearing as he starts to throw. I don't think you're ever going to see the guy who – it didn't matter where his feet were. The mechanics were horrible. He was throwing lasers the year uh, that he took them to the Super Bowl. That guy's probably gone. But you could see a guy that gets back and gets healthy. The ball's not dying. And all of a sudden now, uh, with Christian McCaffrey and their running game and their defense and, and their coaching staff, I think that's a team that really could jump up and be competitive this year. I totally agree with you on your Rams take. I, I tweeted something out a couple of days ago, and I mentioned it on the podcast. I, I You look at the history of Super Bowl losing teams that are not the Patriots, and they, they struggle the next year. Sometimes they make the playoffs, but they, they're kind of one and done. Uh, but the girly yeah. situation and the Super Bowl loser hangover, the history of all that, I agree. I think it's um, – yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't think, I don't think they make the playoffs. Yeah. And if you take out the Patriots in the years that they lost the Super Bowl, it, it goes it, it's even worse. <laughs> right, right. I mean, right you, yeah. You, you look at some of the other teams that that uh, uh, were not able to win a Super Bowl. It's a tough thing to do, and especially the way it was so humbling. You know the yeah, way that the way they the lost flying offense mm-hmm. and, and Sean McVay, who is an incredibly smart coach. We all know that, but certainly didn't look like it that day. And I, and I know he's kicking himself for how he approached that game and some of the things he was saying going in about how you don't want to do too much and try and outsmart yourself and chase ghosts, you know, whereas you start to think of what the Patriots could do. So you try and get an answer for everything. And the next thing you know, you've got too much. I think he learned a lot of lessons from that, that he one day will have to, uh, 
use uh, as he returns to the Super Bowl at some point. I just don't think it's going to be this upcoming season. Uh, and then the girly situation, you know, the, the way that you've got uh, a running back who, you know, we were out at this NFL media summit and we had this whole presentation on, on the, uh, the Rams new stadium, the new Hollywood park stadium. Uh, and, uh, I kept thinking to myself, are we sure Todd Gurley's going to see this stadium? I mean, you know, if you've got a guy who's got an arthritic knee and you've got to do what you did last year as far as managing him and, and the numbers in the contract aren't going down and he's got a lot of money going forward, at what point are they going to have to make some tough decisions on Todd Gurley? It's a good question. We're going to take a quick break here, Mike, when we come back more with Mike Garofolo here on BGN Radio. Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Life moves pretty fast. Are you drinking water that can keep up? Smartwater Alkaline has everything you need to stay hydrated, no matter where your day takes you. Whether you're pitching a tent or your next big idea, Smartwater Alkaline can help you perform your best. It delivers a pure, crisp taste that makes it the perfect chaser after a big workout. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. And we're back with uh, Mike Garofolo from the NFL Network here on BGN Radio. A couple more questions, and then we'll let you go, Mike. So Malcolm Jenkins was back at minicamp. Uh, there was some talk that he would not come back to minicamp uh, without a, a new deal, some more guaranteed money, something like that. Mm-hmm. What are you hearing about where things stand with Malcolm and the team? Everybody that I spoke to was like, he was never getting anything. They were never going to give him anything. And they're confident that it's not going to get to. I don't, I'm not there. I still think that there's a, especially with this team, and especially with Howie Roseman, knowing that, you know, if you, if you show up, like Jason Peters has done in the past, eventually you get something done. So I could see something early in training camp. Is it going to be what Malcolm has in mind? No, I don't believe that. But I do believe that there is some kind of compromise as far as guaranteeing the money, moving money up from future years, which we've seen teams do in this situation, so they can basically claim, well, we didn't add any money to the contract, we just moved it up. I I just The Eagles have done it for way too many players uh, guys that have been integral pieces of what they, they have done the last couple of years, guys that have done things the right way. Yeah. I, I just cannot imagine that they, on their end, can't sit there and say, all right, Malcolm, we can do X. The key is going to be he and his agent are going to have to be reasonable with what they what they expect and what they want and what they will take as a, as a, uh, a token of appreciation for what he's done the last couple of years. So I still think you could see something get done, maybe early in camp, middle of camp, sometime before the start of the season. We saw the Eagles when Joe Douglas left. They were able to keep most of the guys that they had in the front office. A lot of their uh, their scouts that a lot of people thought were going to go with Joe Douglas to the Jets are, are staying in Philadelphia. They got promotions, and you know Howie Roseman finally gives himself the GM title that everybody knew that he already was essentially doing that job. But with Joe Douglas leaving the Eagles and moving on to New York. How big a loss is that for the Eagles? Uh, it's a big one. Um, and, and and that's not to say that Joe is going to go up uh, with the Jets and light the world on fire because not, not, not knocking him. I'm just saying it's a, yeah, yeah. It's a different job. Okay. Cause now you're, now you're, now you're the time that you had to scout and to watch tape shrinks and now it's a different job. Now you've got to trust more people around you, which is by the way, tough to do when, uh, and a lot of times they're not your guys yet. But Joe's done a pretty good job of Phil Savage coming in, Rex Hogan, and some of these other guys. His front office will will, will take shape over the next couple of years. But uh, I think he feels comfortable with some of the guys he brought in. But that was his that was his strength, uh, being able to 
figure out how the pieces work together. And not just from a talent standpoint. I thought the Eagles did a really good job of understanding chemistry and on-field chemistry and locker room chemistry the last couple of years. Uh, and Joe Douglas is a big part of that. I mean, he's, he grew up in a place where in Baltimore where they understood culture and they understood fit and scheme and all these things. So I think they did a great job of matching that the last couple of years. So you could sit there and say, well, Andy Wydell, who's, jumping up into basically Joe's spot and taking his spot. He's a, he's a young, promising guy uh, that can spot talent and all these things. Okay, great. But now his opinion is going to be uh, the, the one that matters most and the one that sways Howie Roseman, who, who trusts his guys. Can they make sure that everything fits the right way? It's not just a, a matter of spotting talent. It's, it's a big spot. So it's a loss. There's no question about that. Um, we shall see how, how some of these other guys can pick up the pieces and do the job. Last thing for you here, uh, Mike, before I let you go. Um, the Panthers made news here on Thursday. They hired their first director of football analytics. He's a 27-year-old guy from MIT. Uh, football's been kind of a little bit slower than, say, like baseball and basketball to kind of move into the world of analytics. But uh, the Eagles have kind of been on the forefront of this for a while. And I'm wondering if you think that teams are going to try and start poaching some of the Eagles analytics guys as they go about filling in this particular area of their teams. Yeah, I mean, listen, the more Doug talks about their their fourth down percentages and, and these other things and these other – pieces of information that have allowed them to be more aggressive. I mean, some of us would sit at home and say, without the numbers, hey, you've got to go for this right here. Well, the Eagles, once they see the numbers on the paper, it allows them to be aggressive and allows them to make those snap decisions. I think that's the biggest part of analytics for the NFL. Because when you say that they're slower than some other leagues, it's so much easier to assess a situation uh, numerically when it's a guy standing alone at the plate by himself and not relying on somebody else to do their job that, by the way, nobody except the coaches and the players involved know what the heck the assignments are and who's really screwing up. And sometimes those guys don't even agree on who's screwing up because it's it's just, you know, it, it's 11 guys trying to work together. And sometimes the way it looks to a coach from the side isn't how the player experienced it. So I, I, think, I think you're going to see a little bit more of – the 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 analytics part being the stuff that Doug Peterson has talked about uh, situationally. That's where teams are going to do a little bit more of that and try and copy what the Eagles have done. Two point conversions, you know, he's aggressive or in in some people's cases kind of dumb. And then once you sit down and you hear the explanation for it, you go, well, that makes sense. It makes complete sense. And 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 yeah, if you miss it, now you got to go again the next time you score a touchdown to make sure that you just tie the game instead of just kicking two extra points to tie the game or whatever. Right. But when you listen to it, you go, this makes complete sense. Yeah. And I know if it makes sense to me right. as an observer, other teams are saying, well, hey, we should be doing that too. Absolutely. And, um, yeah, I mean, you, geez, the Eagles won a Super Bowl doing a lot of this stuff. So um, makes sense that teams would follow what the Eagles are doing, and uh, we should all gird our loins for, uh, <laughs> for the Eagles staff getting poached here at some point. Listen, if you don't follow Mike on Twitter, do it at Mike Garofalo fantastic reporter for the NFL Network. And, Mike, you do a podcast as well, don't you? Oh, yeah, Rap Sheet and Friends. Ian Rappaport gets his name on it. I'm just one of the friends, but that's what we do. Uh, we're on hiatus right now. We'll be, we'll be bringing it back once training camp starts. The great Mike Garofalo. Mike, thank you so much for coming on BGN Radio, pal. I appreciate it. You got it, buddy. Appreciate you. Been a little too nice to y'all. Now I got a up price for y'all. Snake eyes on dice for y'all. Shoulders on ice for y'all. Frozen. A6 all the hate. I won't get a ball today. Got lost in the ball and A's. I'm flipping the balls and flipping the B-G-N.